Welcome to the Friendly Geordies Podcast. I hope everyone's doing well. Let's get right into it. With? With Malcolm Turnbull being booed at Sydney Uni. All right, we're going to be doing some, as Twitch says, reacting Andes. Yeah, let's let's watch the clip first before we talk about it. Yeah, because I haven't seen this yet, but I do know that he has said that the only reason I could possibly be booed is because Nazis are out to get me. Now, let's see if this theory holds true, because I really feel like as much as these people want Nazis to exist, I don't even know if there's enough in Australia to boo someone. Don't say that. You don't know. There's one everywhere. Well, that, that's what uh, we're going to find put out your now, aren't we? On. Ah, yes, Rowan Dean, the best source there is. Well, it seems if you shut out all the... Uh, I wanted to see Rowan Dean's excellent... ...conservative speakers from your university and bring in people... Well, the lefties will still protest the event because you can never be woke enough (laughs) for the ultra-woke. I must say, first up, I deplore what occurred and as far as I'm concerned, everybody should be able to listen to Malcolm Turnbull as often as they want to. That's what free speech is all about. Yeah, which is never... if you listen to Malcolm Turnbull often enough, well, you might eventually hear something (coughs) worth listening to. Ian Plymer, what did you make of... Ah, look, we don't have to listen to... Yeah, we don't have to listen to Ian Plymer. Thank you very much. But uh, thank you. It's it's nice to know that your all-star panel uh, keeps getting smaller and smaller in its relevance. (laughs) Just like your budget. But apparently um, what they were uh, screaming at was their biggest... Because they said that you have blood on your hands... Uh-huh. And uh, refugees, right? No, no. It was mostly about how he gutted, uh, uh, like higher education. Oh, right. Hence the university stuff. It's look. They they did send that up to be a huge crowd booing him, and then when you looked at it, it seemed to be a woman and a man with a megaphone. Yeah, but enough to like create issues. Well. A man with a megaphone indoors is going to create issues, especially if they're not the one that was billed to talk. I don't think that he was the opening act for Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> and if he, he was, he really got to vet them better. He should have been. Well, uh, Malcolm called them uh, fascist Nazis who wouldn't, who were against free speech. Isn't that amazing? One man's Nazi is another man's wokester. Yeah, it is another man's wokester. But what do you think about this? Like, you know, we're kind of to... Bl- I sometimes wonder about this. This All of this stuff of, like, boycotting and uh, not letting someone speak or, in other words, cancelling, it started with our generation. We were kind of responsible for it. Do you remember, like, you went to some climate summit in early 2014 or something and you pulled off a stunt with, I think it was Greenpeace? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember that? Mm. That's kind of what they're doing with Malcolm Turnbull. Mm. So, like, we've do you do you do you have you come around it? Do you think that's a bad tactic, or do you think like if someone's really look? I don't think Malcolm is that evil, but let's just assume, give them benefit of the doubt that Malcolm is that kind of evil. Should you just like st- 
stop him from speaking at a uni event? Who crap their uni fish? Look, all right. Let's just let's just make something point of differentiation here. I still stand by the Greenpeace stunt because we were talking about uh, you know the mining industry, which does really show the difference between the two of us. The fact that the chaser is always extremely hoity-toity about how bad I am and how I'm funded by labor, which is not true. So they're just echoing ABC talking points to make themselves feel better about themselves. However, they did do a speaking fee for the same mining lobby that I was out there protesting. So there's your, you know, ooh, nothing sacred for them. Looks like every nexus of power is, except, of course, the extremely powerful lobby of kids with leukaemia, which, by the way, that's what they got cancelled for. Um, oh, shit. They made a joke paying out uh, people with cancer. Disgusting. I would never do something like that <laughs> unless I thought of a joke about it, and then I would. But I don't usually. So <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying here. Mm. Friendly Geordies usually doesn't make fun of kids with cancer. <laughs> but if the right joke come, <laughs> comes along... Hey, fair game. You know, look, I, I don't make the rules, man. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think you've got bigger problems in life. Focus look, on that. I agree with you in the sense that, you know, protesting against the mining industry with sole purpose is to destroy the planet makes it more acceptable. But I also recognize for me, man, not for Gina Reinhardt, for her, you're the one that needs to be canceled, right? Yeah. So do you think we should make a general rule that people should be able to speak about anything that they want at a, like for freedom of speech? I think Dark Brandon, who, you know about this, right? No. Wait, what? Go on. Man, you have got to stop watching so many lectures that get at max 1,100 views on YouTube. <laughs> Those are the viral ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like uh, at the moment, uh, Joe Biden has been getting a grand resurgence amongst all of the Twitch streamers and American YouTube commentators that I despise that... The entire time for the last two years, no credit where it's due for Joe Biden whatsoever. And then all of a sudden they're like, I'm calling it now. He's the best president of my life. It's still not saying much. Can you say any compliment ever without being snarky? Is Is that that because of his recent speech where he was like, "Uh, Republicans are all right, but... uh the, the MAGA Republicans are an abomination on our country and the civilization. And Fox News was like, Joe Biden declares war on half of America. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of true. <laughs> Don't you think? Like, do you think this is, this is a wise strategy by him? Sorry, we're moving, we're shifting a little bit, but... Massively. It's such a wise strategy. But it's only, it's only creating more polarization. Remember what happened when the whole deplorable statement was made? You lost an election. Yeah, but I think that that was, first off, calling someone deplorable as opposed to saying most Republicans are awesome except for this small sect. Yeah, that's what he was saying, but I'm afraid that he was actually wrong about that. Most Republicans are deplorables. (laughs) So, like, what you're saying is... Most Republicans need to fuck off. I don't think so. Don't you think most Republicans are just 90? No. Well, yes, a lot. If you're a 90, there's a 100% chance you're a Republican. Republican. And there's not a 100% chance that you're a MAGA. I think that they would be like, he's very rude, but we can't allow me to have publicly funded Medicare. Yeah, but like, I think it's the the same everywhere. 
the next Republican candidate is like either Donald Trump or DeSantis. Both of them are MAGA Republicans. You look at the British election that just happened. We're going to talk about that. But you had two candidates, Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak represented what we, I suppose, would be our Malcolm Turnbull group, the Wits. And Liz Truss represented, uh, yeah, like the, the MAGA, not the MAGA, but, you know, the... The Dries. The Dries. Yes. And she Go won. female, Dutton. And she won. And I think this is sort of the trend everywhere. Yeah, I think so, because that's what I think that the public wants. They want their politicians to be saying we are in a fight against this other group in society. They, they don't want somebody always saying we can all come together. And I think that that is honestly why Joe Biden is seeing a huge resurgence of the poll. He's almost at an approval positive net rating. I think, I think he's at like 45% now. Like He's mm. been teetering around the mid-30s for a year. Yeah, but and all, all of, a of them he just have. jumps ten points as soon as he just comes out and says, "Just I like some Republicans," and that's enough. That's enough to get the entire Democratic base riffing. All of these YouTube commentators that have never said anything remotely positive about him, all of them now are being like, "Dark Brandon, Dark Brandon," and I do like the meme a lot. How good mm. is this? Don't you think that this is just so perfect to make somebody who is a geriatric, to get a shot of him in midway through a speech talking with his hands out like this and his face. I really do like his face. Sorry about all of those people uh, that are listening to this for the podcast, but can you just imagine that my face is kind of donutty and pouty and he's got this facial expression of... His hands are out like this, so he's halfway through saying we, I think. <laughs> no. we. They've stopped it there and then they've just got lightning bolts coming out of his hands. <laughs> <laughs> it works it works but then there's this other there's this other point of view too which i think is also really credible that it's not that most americans are deplorables most of these sort of competitions happen within when it's not the general election when it's just uh nominating someone from the party they're all these party ticket holders people that have literally joined either democratic party or republican party and they're crazy most people don't usually join political parties unless you're super political and if you've if you're super political and you're a republican you're going to be a maga republican mm, yeah probably i still think that there's a lot of pats and kings in florida mm. that I don't know where they... They probably listen to NPR, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that they're just quite mild people that play a lot of golf. I think that that's still a big part of the base. I understand that there's the gun nuts and whatever, yeah. but I don't know. I, I honestly think that it was a very good move for him to just cast this, we've got an enemy. We've got this, uh, let, let's not get to the violent stage of a civil war, but we have this verbal civil war that's happening in this country right now. I think that that was a great move. I think it's reflected in the polls, and I honestly think that for the first time, I thought, fuck, he's going to make it. He's going to get a second term. He's just completely changed strategy, and it's really worked. And it's also really good just to see Joe Biden come out and say, dude, I wanted all of these things passed in my presidency, you're all sitting there because this is the narrative that just comes over when you don't allow, uh, if, if you don't come out there and cast 
an enemy. What happens is you have all the Democrats. I watch these YouTubers against my cognitive will, but I think my unconscious will is always just watching them. But they shit on Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema so much more than they attack the Republicans. So much more. And it's just like to come out and Joe Biden just be like, dude, those guys give me 80% of what I want. The mm. Republicans, which is half of the Senate, give me nothing. Ever. Okay. It's so good to just come out and say, stop voting for them. But, okay, so even if he gets in next term, he's going to die at some point. During the term? You I, calling it? I'm, I'm, I, I hope it doesn't happen, but... There's yeah, a, it's not an Abby Chatfield situation. Yeah, if, if you listen to Republicans, he's already dead. Like, <laughs> what was that movie we meet him at the? This, where like they just carry around a dead body the whole time. That's what Republicans genuinely believe is happening with Joe Biden. Well, they they keep saying he's he's left us. He's not with us anymore. <laughs> so, it is very easy to believe that in the five seconds that they deliberately clip out of Joe Biden mm, yeah. and think that, and uh, you admit it yourself that you like to think that for your own purpose. Yeah, because I, I, I am look, I am convinced he is still with us. <laughs> <laughs> He's also he also doesn't have uh, like what amnesia. Oh, no, no, they, he they also. Whatever uh, illness that they claim he has, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have it. He's he's just an old man that is still his his head still working properly. I think so too. But it's Honestly. funny to think that he's retarded, you know. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like yeah, he is no longer with us, but yeah, he's still with us. Either way, dude, I don't. So what do you uh, do? You think there's any significance to you know how Murdoch's like now switched his horses from Trump to DeSantis? Do you think that's going to have any consequence on the elections? Well, I think that it was probably because even though Joe Biden, they had successfully whittled him down to a third of America liking him, mm. even in that situation, he still beats Trump by six points. I think that they've realised if you get a face, and also on top of this, they'd like somebody who is able to stay on script a little bit more. Uh, and I think that they've just realised... It's better to get on this train because he actually is an electable candidate, which I don't... Guys, let me know in the chat, actually. Do you think that Donald Trump could win the next election? Because I think that it would probably just be a repeat of 2000 and whenever the last election was, as you can claim. 2020. American experts, yes. Yeah, that's the one. Maybe. It's going to be close either way because like, even the 2020 election was still pretty close. Yes. It was as close as the Hillary v. Trump election. Mm. I'm telling you, man, the society is really divided. Like, if you think that by saying, like, uh, these MAGA Republicans are deplorable, that you're going to, like, somehow ostracize this 10, 20% community, you're going to be in for a shock again. They're not 20%. They're, like, 45% minimum. Sure, you've got the other 55%, but 45% is a huge number. There was some recent study where, like, I think... 60% of Americans felt that uh, a civil war in the next two decades was somewhat likely. Yeah. Well, so do the experts. So the American public isn't wrong. Yeah, so exactly. Like, so if you, if you think that that's a real threat, then don't go, like, putting fucking petrol into the fire and being like... But, Ali, he tried your strategy. 
And he won the election. Yeah, barely. As you said. Yeah, but like he's not if he changes his strategy, he's not gonna win it by a huge margin. The other thing is sometimes is the, no, don't you think he, though that like I think that this was the case, wasn't it? That if the American public was forced to vote, the Democrats would win every election hands down. And the reason they don't is because they never fire up their base. They're kind of complacent with the fact that, yes, most people are on our side, but they don't come out for primaries because they don't have these social wars that are constantly being drilled into their heads. I mean, the the Hollywood elite and stuff do that, but I think that the average American doesn't really care about it, except for, obviously, the abortion thing. That really riled them. But if you do give them something to rail against, because this is the whole thing, I think that if Donald Trump ran for the next election... What would, the, what would the Democrats do? I think that they would just run the scariest parts of January 6th endlessly. Yeah, of course. Surely that would be enough to get Joe Biden over the line. Look, here's the other thing. I think if, Democrat, if Joe Biden isn't running in 2024, the Democrats are probably losing. Yeah, I think, look, this is the whole thing. I think Joe Biden, mostly probably because of COVID, they just didn't want him to get it. <laughs> Yeah, but when you see Joe Biden, he's really likable. I like Joe Biden way more than Obama. I think he's a way better person than Obama is. If you read Obama's biography, it becomes obvious that Joe Biden's a better person than Obama. I think I think Joe Biden is definitely a, a better human being. But it's just it's he he didn't want to even run in twenty twenty, and the idea of running in twenty twenty four would probably annoy him. But I think if Joe Biden steps down, then you're gonna have a huge, you're gonna have some chaos. There's gonna be heaps of candidates fighting to get the top spot, and the candidate that should get the top spot, Kamala Harris, is in hiding because apparently every time she shows up in front of a camera, Joe Biden loses popularity. That was the worst, Vice President. Why would you tie yourself to Kamala Harris out of everyone? I said it before. You really wanted to go the woman thing. You, you really didn't have to go. Kamala Harris. There was Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar, the more people see Only her, you like her. She's likable, man. <laughs> she she knows how the average American thinks. Amy Klobuchar but a- average is from American LA. does in not Hollywood land. Yeah, but average American does not give a fuck about Amy Klobuchar. They don't no, know they don't, who but is. That's what, like, no one really gives a fuck about the vice president. It's just this faint essence that's sort of there when they sign documents that claps in the background. But as soon as people see Kamala Harris anywhere near that, they're just like, uh, I'm trying to think of something to be nice to the vice president lady, but they're, they're negative things. Mm, <laughs> they don't they like are negative her. things. It was actually probably the worst of all of the... How many Democrats were running? 500? You, you chose the worst. Lowest of the low. Yeah, but like, remember, he... he How fed- good would it be if it was Bernie Sanders? But anyway, keep As going. vice president... Yeah. Nah, you it can't have happen. you can't have two swords in the one one playground. You know what I'm saying? No. So you're gonna have to choose someone else. But yeah, Kamala Harris. I suppose they do regret it now. But at the time, dude, it was the same trap that McCain was put into. Which is yeah. Remember remember who his vice president was? Yeah, Sarah Palin. How could I forget? Who was also a joke. By the way, vice presidents are always jokes. Mike Pence was a joke. Mm-hmm. And, like, people tend to forget well, how Mike Pence got the vice presidency. It was because the Republicans thought that there was no way Donald Trump's going to win. And they wanted to get rid of Mike Pence because he was a horrible governor. 
So they were like, okay, how about we give you the vice presidency ticket? And that would have been his end of his career. But he got in and then he became, you know, he did become the vice president. <laughs> vice presidents are always losers because most presidents don't want a super strong vice president. Of course not. Having said that, though, Mitt Romney did have Paul Ryan. This is true. Of the most handsome men to have ever existed. But Mitt Romney was not an alpha. No. But he wasn't a beta either. He wasn't a beta, but like... He was just a Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't he? They're kind of out of the whole male hierarchy. Mm. They're not of this world. They (laughs) picked the right religion. God kind of likes them. Yeah. I think I think okay if Joe Biden runs and he stays healthy he might win. No one other than Joe Biden would be able to win and I think What about this? Sanders. Yeah, Sanders would but dude Sanders is like also I love Sanders, but I'm I'll he is a very old man. No, but if he was running and let's say that he has a clean bill of health is going to outlive those Indians that claim they're 200 years old. So he's got another 100 years left. Dude, I wish he wins, but, like, I'm even... I'm doubtful about that, too, because there's... You know what would happen? No. You would get a lot of... You would get a lot of uh, uh, rich Democrats not voting for him because they're, they're afraid of the whole socialist vibe that he brings with him. Yeah, I actually do think that that's true, that a lot of the... Again, the whole... Twitch sphere of American commentators really oversell how electable Bernie Sanders is. I mean, he couldn't even win the primary. I mean, think about it this way, right? Everyone's always saying how it was bullshit that Joe Biden and the Democratic apparatus got rid of everybody else, so it was just Joe Biden versus Bernie Sanders. But that's a perfectly valid strategy because it's really just showing, like, okay, you've got the moderates and then you've got this quote-unquote progressive wing and it's showing that the progressive wing of the democrats is 40 percent and the mainstream democrat part is the mainstream it's 60 percent of the democratic voters look even the problem is that even if it's let's say 70 percent the 30 percent can make a huge difference because we know all these elections are always really close so if you hemorrhage even 10 percent of the democratic base you're kind of screwed. Joe Biden was one of those candidates that like everyone was okay with amongst the Democrats. Yeah. Even the Bernies, the And you should be. You should That's be. That's my main yeah. point. I honestly think I do actually think that he is even though I'm not just saying this because the other ones are by the way. I want to put this on the record. I felt this way before. Best president of our lifetime. <laughs> this is it's a bit of a stretch, what? first of all. Who else who are they competing against? Well, well he's been the president for two Bush years. Awesome. <laughs> he's been the president for two years. So like at yeah. least give him another two years before you make that sweeping judgment that he's better than FDR. I don't think he's better than but uh, okay. FDR was not in my lifetime. I'm not okay, that okay, old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who was in I your lifetime? I do remember the days of JFK, obviously, but <laughs> and that was and that was dark times for everybody concerned. But well, so you only have uh, you can only compare him to really Obama and maybe Bill Clinton. Yeah, and, and I think that he was better than both of them. I think that he was pushing forward way more uh, like, like bold initiatives than both of them combined. Yeah, surely, right? Like even even his climate bill, for instance, this was so shocking to me. Uh, I will give credit for one thing and one thing only about the mainstream press in Australia. 
They're nowhere near as bad <laughs> as the American mainstream press. Yeah. That was incredible. That was truly planet-saving legislation that was pushed past. And anybody that says otherwise about it really just doesn't know what that, that was pushing forward, right? We actually are looking at something that will reduce the US's emissions by 50% by 2030. Massive, massive legislation against every pit stop in uh, a system that is designed to stop everything, and they got that passed. Mm-hmm. It was a huge legislative win. You heard absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. Nothing. Okay, what about, have you checked out his new thing of uh, cancelling student debt? So that's a Bernie platform that he kind of picked on when he was uh, running for president. Can we just say this? Sorry, just before we continue. Joe Biden is the greatest American president that we've ever had because he... In your lifetime. ...saved the world. Yeah, well, FDR didn't even save the world. Well, so how, did he, FDR. how did he save the world? That climate bill is huge. Oh, okay. And on top of that, he has the pressure of being the United States president and he is bullying all these other smaller countries to get in line. Yeah, but like he didn't save Pakistan. That place is underwater right now. Okay, I, I, I don't think that Joe... If you're just going to say that Joe Biden's only been in for two years, I don't think that you can blame him for the he last... He has blood on his hands. <laughs> he has blood on his hands. Pakistan contributes to, what, 1% of the global emissions? <laughs> and it has and lost... look at what happened. And look at what happened. I'm tell, yeah, his climate initiatives weren't bold enough. Yeah. He, he was, I remember Joe Biden laughing at Al Gore in the 90s. He's <laughs> got blood on his hands. Hey, what does chat think about Joe Biden? I want to see how many uh, dark Brandonites there are. Uh, people are like, only you care about Pakistan, Ali. <laughs> I don't know. I think 220 million people, uh, well, we've lost some of them, but like the remaining <laughs> will disagree. 10 million. And let's be honest, most of them care about cricket and not Pakistan. <laughs> yeah. It is just you. Yeah, I'm watching these it journalists. You like him, and you don't even like Imran Khan. It's just me. I like Imran Khan and I like Pakistan. Dude, I was watching these Paki journalists that were with India when Pakistan lost the first game to India. They were like, and this is so tragic because all the flood victims wanted was some kind of happiness and you couldn't even give it to them. And I'm like, dude, I feel like homeless people don't care about the cricket match. You care about this cricket match more. Yeah, Okay, that's your view. My view is, I think they care about the cricket. <laughs> we have no tent. We are literally floating, but at least Pakistan won. And they did. <laughs> don't you think they, they would have They won uh, Sunday, by the way, against India. And what did the commentators say about that? They were saying that... Um, this gives justice to the flood victims. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, 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 you met, you're saying that as a joke, but some of them were genuinely saying that. <laughs> They're like, this This is the happiness that the flood victims deserve. And what about shelter? Uh, th- they come second. First, the cricket. <laughs> uh. <coughs> yeah, look, I think the... The, yeah, the end of the world is hilarious. Genius says Imran Khan is better than Sleepy Joe. You're not getting any pushback from me there. I think that Ibrahim Khan is the greatest leader of our time. Dude, he is. He's about to... Apart from, of course, Jacinta Arden. No, but yeah, I do think he he's amazing. Yeah. He's a Gough Whitlam where he's not just getting dismissed. He could be killed. Yeah. Gough Whitlam was never going to get his head blown off. Dude, he picked a, a, a big fight with the army again yesterday. 
But see, this is the whole thing. In other news... In other news. Like, that's every day. He's so ballsy. This is true. Speaking of world leaders... And also, this is the other thing. Not just the Pakistani military. The American military. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have enough enemies. He's fucking with everyone. It's about... I think that everybody's kind of figured it out. It's just like... Make some enemies in politics. It actually helps you. Yeah, the other one that hasn't figured this out is Albo, but actually Albo's doing amazingly in the polls, so just keep it going. Yeah, he has made some enemies now. Who? The hard-working Australians that care about this country <laughs> with his horrible demeanour as the Prime Minister. Is that what they're saying about the job yeah. summit? Well, they're saying that Peter Dutton's... Okay, well, let's talk about the job summit. They're saying that Peter Dutton has won the job summit uh, because he was advocating for pensioners wasn't he not at the job summit. He wasn't, but he still won, <laughs> and this is why he won because holy shit, what a boss! Apparently, he was advocating for pensioners to not be able to get for pensioners to be able to work more and still not get their pensions cut, so you can work as well as get your pension. Because usually now, if it's like over three hundred or four hundred dollars a week, you they get rid of your pension. And Peter Dutton was arguing that, and that was one of the definitive outcomes off the job summit. So they're saying Peter Dutton won. I, I, uh, I don't know. I take back what I said before. The Australian press is as bad as the American press. I really <laughs> do not understand how they pull that rabbit out of a hat. But here's how Peter Dutton law. So Albo and the government are increasing the quotas for permanent immigration. So they're moving back. So they're moving away. The coalition's plan of uh, immigration was for temporary residents mm. as opposed to permanent. Mm. And Labor's now moved back to permanent, increasing uh, the immigration no, really? quota uh. to about increasing it by 20 to 30%. But that's because, and I think the, the some of the liberal governments like the, the New South Wales one is kind of happy about this because of the skill shortage that we have. Back in Dutton's camp. <laughs> Just like that. That's, you and that's uh, one of the big issues that I really... I thought that Labor was going to stick up for the average working Australian. Dude, the, it looks like Dutton did win the work summit. But I think the problem is that the average Australian... Dude, I, lo- I like it too, obviously, because now I'm an average Australian, so fuck those immigrants. Uh-huh. But I think from their perspective... The average Australians just do not have the sort of skills that they're looking for in the numbers that they're looking for. So they're not looking for people. They're looking for a niche group of people. Like so do you nurses, accountants, computers. We're facing a huge nursing shortage, apparently, is what I have been reading. And yeah, because all the girls want to be Instagram stars. No, stars. it's because it's nurses don't get paid... They get paid like sh- their pay is shit. Yeah, uh, and their, Instagram pays. Their awesome. work hours are insane. Mm. They've just been through a pandemic where their life was screwed. Mm. It's the same thing with teachers. It's not that people are when girls aren't. Girls have been uh, girls and guys have been enrolling into nursing and teaching degrees, but some at some guys, yeah, and some point they realize this is a shit gig and we should leave it. Yeah, okay. And that's now, what's causing the shortage. Do you think then... And But if you get Indians to do it... It would be a huge upgrade in exactly, their working Exactly, exactly. As tough as... But this is like a genuine point. I'm not even joking about it. Yeah. Yeah. But 
does this mean that Labor's permanent residency is temporary? That mm. Because I do know that they are starting up a bunch of boards and independent uh, bodies whose job it is to try and find people jobs by upskilling them. So yeah. once they do get the level of skill that they need, when they skill upgrade Australia, then they can cut migration. Yeah, of course, they okay, would. Okay, well, that makes they sense. They would. Oh, that's fine. That's but fine. at now the I've moment... convince myself why Labor's awesome again. Yeah, but at the moment, they're trying to do that. In fact, uh, Dictator Dave mm. just announced that um, if you enroll into nursing in Victoria, yeah. the government's going to pay for your hex debt. The entire thing. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but they're so it's not it, immigration is not their option one. This is true, Good. but uh, uh, but the problem is that you don't currently have the uh, you don't currently possess the skills. Maybe in the future you might if it works. The other thing that Albo was talking about is that we've got to stop looking at um, at like offering permanent residency as a privilege because it is, but it sort of ignores the reality of the world where the entire world is right now competing for skilled labor. So every kind, so we are processing skilled labor visas in months, whereas other countries like Canada, uh, England are doing it in weeks. Mm. So they're so they're like actually grabbing all the good ones. So yes. Albo's like, yeah, all right, we we I know we want to protect Australia and everything, but we're losing skills, and all the other countries are taking all the good ones. Yeah, and we need to get into this market and take some for ourselves too. Okay. And in future... You can't argue with their logic. Yeah, and like, Jordan, let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. I would love for Australians to upskill. I would love for us to be filling in these positions as opposed to getting people from overseas. But if you ask me how much money would you bet on all of these policies working where, you know, TAFE is adequately funded and TAFE... There's one thing to fund it and then there's another thing to actually produce candidates that are skilled... I don't know if that's happening, bro. I think it will. Look, when it comes to TAFE, TAFE has been more or less... It's TAFE is pretty much Telstra now. It's half private, half public. Mm. And when you have a system like that, you produce people that have no qualifications. They're not good at their jobs because they're just rubber stamping it so that they could say, you know, 99.9% .9 pass mark. And so they just get more people coming into their private TAFEs. Yeah. If you get rid of that incentive and then you just have people saying, no, you actually have to uh, know how to turn off a light switch if you want to be an electrician, then not overnight, you will get the results that you're looking for. Because this, we used to have one of the greatest TAFE systems in the world. I, I really do think that at some point it would have been like Germany's. And Germany's is getting it. And now that I think about it, they also just allowed a million Syrians into their country. So, Well, not just. That was 2015. That. Well, you know, <laughs> just, 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 you know, when you've been alive as long as me and you remember the days of FDR, but it's a blink of an eye. Speaking of that too, there is, even though Albo's not focused on the unskilled migration at the moment, but just today I was reading a news, dude, that like, this, the shortage for even unskilled labor is so much that you, right now, this is how Dan Murphy's, my ex-employer, is hiring people. You walk into their store, mm. you say, I want a job, mm. the manager comes out, does a 10-minute interview, and tells you to start now. 
Right. Uh, so how you got your job at Dan Murphy's. I didn't get it that way. I had to bloody apply for it. I had to go to that interview and then I got it the same day. But... So it used to be a 20 minute interview. No, it used to be like a process where you'd have to like apply for it online. Then they would shortlist you. Then you went for an interview, like a normal job. But now you literally just walk in and start working straight away if you want to. This is well. This let's be honest. Come on, you're just swiping the checkout. You do what you do at Coles when you buy something. Have you looked around? Whenever you go to a mall or anywhere, everywhere it says "help wanted." Yeah, yeah. There's a reason. Like, not there's not that many people in Australia that are willing to do those jobs at that pay rate. And fair enough with the standard, like the cost of living today, it's not that easy to maintain a decent, you know, life doing that but what do we do we if we increase if we increase the pay we further increase the cost of living the other option is that you get people from overseas that fill in that job but then that route like sort of messes with the social political uh you know the uh, the social politics of australia because then you have pauline hansen's getting more and more popularity you're in a cash 22 damned if you do damned if you don't Mm. wait so you think Labor done good and doesn't do I bad? I think Labor done the only thing that they could do. Mm. So they are also, thing, unlike the uh, unlike the Liberal governments of the past that were just gutting uh, TAFE and, and any kind of higher education, Labor is reinvesting some of that money back in, which is good. Hopefully we will reap the rewards of it in a couple of years. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the rewards are only 20% of what we expected them to be. This actually might be the case. Uh, Look, I don't know how widespread this is because obviously I'm just thinking about a bunch of dickheads I know from Newtown, but a lot of them don't have jobs. You know what a lot of them do A lot of them don't want jobs. A lot of them have a dead parent who left them a house that they rent out. Yeah, and then dude, they party all day. Why? Do you know, like, yesterday I walked into a BP, right? And um, and I almost, like, I was almost crying because I walked in and one Do of the guys, one of the, <laughs> one of the guys, this was what he was doing. This was his job, right? You know those, like, little stickers that they put on the ground, like, that says, stay two meters away yeah. from the other person in queues? Now that COVID's over, his job was to scrape them out. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is not an easy gig. I was watching him do it, and it's just like he was. It took him hours to get one out, and I was like, "That's his fault. He just doesn't know that methylated spirits exist." Yeah, well, I was also thinking. I was like, "I was like, I need to go up to him." I didn't know how to do it, but I was like, "Dude, surely hot water would make it easier." <laughs> but I, I didn't want to. I didn't want. But like, I was thinking, like, dude, that's a. He's getting paid. F- like fuck all, and his job sucks. Yeah. Your mates from Newtown with that dead parent don't want that job. If yeah, they wanted that job, they would get it, like, instantly. Before I was a Twitch streamer, I would want that job. I really I did that wanted job. the immigrant job. Of BP. No, not BP, but I did the old Dan Murphy's, I suppose, the same shit. Like, pretty much. No, no, the, the, that's... The BP is the last bastion of what white people used to have 
the Indian equivalent was BP because there was a slight chance that you get shot, right? Mm. But the white equivalent of that was working at Blockbuster. Those were those bludge jobs where you just sat there, you watched The Godfather all day, and then somebody came in and got the land before time, and then you just went, yeah, well, I'll see you in two days' time, and that was it. And mm. I think that that is mostly what working at a petrol station is. It's a lot of time where you can sit around and study. If they allowed... because. I would go into BPs just being like, can I have a job? And then the Indian guy would just be like, we aren't accepting applications. I was like, I don't think this is up to you, dude, but <laughs> I, I really would like your job. Can you, can you fuck off? Like, give it to me and I'll take exactly the same pay. I, I, I know that you're getting paid 10 bucks an hour, but I would take it. That's a, you would that's not a take 10 bucks an hour. When, when I was poor. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, when you're poor. Now... 11.50. First of all, your sub, the, this subgroup that you're looking at, your Newtown mates with rich dead parents, yeah. is not the kind of, they're, they're never going to work at BP. I know that, but you, what I, I You genuinely is, have to be poor. You don't have to be like poor in the sense of like, I'm on the dole, but I also live in this massive mansion that my dad gifted to me before he died. Yes, which is the people that I'm talking about. And I know that that's not the average white, but where are the whites? What are they doing? Are they all just starting up YouTube channels hoping that they grow? Some of them are, for sure. Uh, so what are the... This is what I'm saying, right? Like, like, the, the, that the whites guy, that I'm talking about are not the average white. What is the average white doing with their lives now? They're, pick- they're not de- taking those help wanted signs. <laughs> As that techie from Melbourne said, they're picking mushrooms, trading them off for weed, and living in a barter society. That's what they... <laughs> 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 uh, oh, we have to do it. Shout out to Comics Lounge. It's the best comedy club in True. Australia. They're the, it's, they're the greatest human beings. I've got all this great comedic lore that obviously endlessly fascinates Ali and me. But one of them was talking about how he used to live in the Blue Mountains and he described that and then all the vacant stairs that I've ever seen in Katoomba made so much sense. <laughs> But that was different. There's no help wanted signs in the Blue Mountains. Mm. All the help is taken because he was saying that there's a two-pronged economy there. There is cafes or mushrooms. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing else. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so good because I was thinking property is too expensive in Sydney. Maybe I should try and get a place in the Blue Mountains. And then he told me, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Dude, I've also got a question. But they're harmless, though, aren't they? Yeah. They're just a bit spacey. Yeah. Go on. Uh, surprise, Miss Love just messaged, bruh, I don't think I'm going to make it. Called it. <laughs> Called it. Uh, dude, I have a... This is incredible as well, because he was at the border of Melbourne, uh, uh, Victoria. It's far away. Mm. It's not that far away that you could rig up at 10 and say, are you going to be here for the pod? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll try. Uh, that's a seven-hour drive, I think. Yeah, dude, but also he's with five Newtown Miss friends. Loves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who okay. are who are best. Like, so we'll dude, see three this cafe time. is pretty cool. You think we should just spend a night <laughs> over here? Like, I want to come here again tomorrow. The vibes are good. Uh, what about our meeting tomorrow? <laughs> what a joke. None of us work. <laughs> 
So I'm not surprised that he's not coming. Uh, my, it's so good. I love how he's always just complaining about like, I need more money. And then like his one job, which is to talk for an hour a week, yeah. can't make it. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> he's, now, he's, he's now powder dog. I'm in Victoria. I can't do it. Why? Why? Because I decided to have a five-day skiing trip. Which is expensive. Cost me a month of my salary. I've spent like 10, I've spent over 10 years in this country, always wanted to do it, but every time thought, I'm not, I'm not rich enough for that. <laughs> I, think, I think we've answered the question, what are all the white people doing this? <laughs> this king, this king. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, um, that's why we love him, I guess. Everyone <laughs> except Ali and me. <laughs> to my question, I, I had it on a different tangent. Can you explain to me, this is the most common couple I see. You've got a uh, a BBW mm-hmm. white woman mm-hmm. who is tatted up, mm-hmm. has um, pink or slash green hair. Very Western Southern. Uh, she on. has multiple nose rings and earrings and that hole in her ear. Yeah, golf hanger. Yeah, and she and she's wearing like fishnet skirt that's really tight. Oh, so not a goth hangover, just uh, hanging on. Yeah, so that woman is always with a man who is like anorexically thin. I know, what is that? Has long hair. Yeah. That yeah. is naturally orange. What the not, hell? So he's not, he hasn't colored his no. hair. Naturally orange. Yeah. Looks like he hasn't taken a shower in two months. Uh, it's is, a look. Is really into gaming. Yep. Why is that the most common couple you ever see? That is a good question. And if anybody has the answer out there, I am dying to know. And this is the other thing as well. Why do you never see an extremely obese man with an anorexic woman? Yeah, you never do that. You never see that. You usually see obese men with obese women. women. Yeah. And you see obese women with With super skinny guys. They like them thick. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think I don't know this is and this is my my brother and I were talking about this and his theory is not me so cancel him not me his theory is that dude they don't have options <laughs> like when you're that man you get what you get <laughs> well why go yeah but anorexic women what's the deal why are they dating them how many anorexic women do you see? I don't see that many anorexic women. I see more really anorexic women. men. Yeah, you don't really see skinny women anymore, do you? You yeah. see fit women. Yeah, you see fit women. You all uh, anorexic women usually they usually talk like this because they have they've been taking meds for two years. Yeah, the methods. That's yeah, true. The, the methods. The, the extremely skinny man is not a meth head. No, he's, he's, he's not. He's got his own addictions in life. He's not. But they're not that destructive. His his addiction is like heavy stoner. But yeah. his his uh, his his bigger addiction is watching Twitch streams with anime girl characters for ten hours a day, which is his love in life's yeah. addiction as well. And according to they my both watch that. according to my brother, yeah. when you have those hobbies in life, yes. normal women are eventually gonna give up yes. and leave you. But if them. you're an obese, uh, you know that woman, then you're like. It is what it is. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there is a thing about like those skinny men having a thing for big, big husky women and husky women have a thing for like extremely skinny white men. It's a very good working theory. 
<laughs> All right, let's look at some of the comments. Let's see if anyone's know where are these couples everywhere. <laughs> I'm, am I crazy or is this couple every couple ever? All right, let me answer that question. They are in lower socioeconomic areas. They're, it's called feeders. They feed them so they can't run away or have less options other than this is a thing. I don't want to take names. I don't want to. I don't want to go into like actual people I know. But this is the other thing I've noticed, Jordan. Actually, I haven't seen. I've seen it. It's not that I've, I haven't seen men feeding women, no. but I have seen women who aren't that attractive feeding their somewhat attractive husbands or boyfriends so that other women don't hit on them. I, uh, where? This is a thing. Now this is getting a, a bit too obscure for me. This is a I'm thing. I'm on board with the rest of Twitch now. You would know if you had left this cubby <laughs> clubhouse of yours. Uh, that's also a very good point. But then how the hell have I seen the other ones? People are like, this is some Western Sydney shit. Yeah, maybe. Yes, yes, but that's most of it Sydney. Yeah. That's most of Sydney. It so fuck you. Mm. Father Ali is being racist to my people. The poor Bogans. Now there's a difference. So the difference is, sorry, I'm going to be uh, specific to like Sydney, but the, the Campbelltown couple is this, what I talked about. But the Pendrith couple is usually a same-sex couple out of Orange is the New Black uh, show. Yeah. They're all like fit women yeah. that have shaved off their hair. They've got sleeves. Well, not fit women, but they play a lot of shot put. But yeah, yeah, they, no, they play a lot of games. They play like rugby. Yeah, rugby. Okay. And uh, they they're they're heavily tatted. They've all got like uh, either they're bald or boy cuts, and they're all uh, lesbians. I am liking this report from the Western South. Yeah, Coast, that's your Penrith couple. Sin. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you come into the inner west, all you see now is interracial couples. Yeah, that's true as you, well. In fact, but like, you know what you see there? You, this is the most common one in the inner west, I think. I think it is a white guy with a brown woman. Still rare. I hope that I, I, I want that to happen more and more, but it's not <laughs> happening. It as doesn't a, benefit you. No, because like I sometimes feel guilty about being a brown man with a white girl. Why? I don't know. Because like, didn't you win the jackpot? Well, not because she's white, but because she's a nice person. I believe I won the jackpot. Safe, yep. Uh, but it's, uh, it, I don't know, dude. It's like it's that whole you know those uh, that guilt that black men also have about dating white women because you're like, uh, what well, your own race isn't good enough for you. I don't know. Yeah, that is a thing. So I want to I like even that out, podcast. and I would yeah. love for more brown women to be with white guys. Because I feel that balances out. I feel bad about myself. I feel less bad about myself. So you still see Asians with whites, mainly, when you go to the inner west? I see, yeah, Asians with whites. Dude, the permutations and combinations are everywhere now. But the most common would be uh, white man, Asian woman. Mm -hmm. But you're seeing increasingly brown man, white woman. You're, what you rarely see is brown man, black woman, or black uh, man, brown woman. That's still pretty rare. There's just no black people here. This is true, but use the black people that you do see are either with other black girls or they're with white girls. You yes. don't see a lot of black men with Asian women. No. Why is that? I think we all know why. It's just the pieces don't fit. <laughs> well, 
Are we wrong? You can defy God to a certain extent, and after a point, just taking the piss. Yeah, but you're right. There are not that many black men. You also see no, wait, Asian wait, men do, do with do white the women. Fit with an Indian woman. I don't know. You're right. I am like, look, my entire so my family, mo- filled with brown women, as you can imagine. All of them are with white men now. So it is an increasing trend. I see it sort of flourishing in the future, but still it's it's not as common as I would like it to be at the moment. <laughs> okay. Anyways, that's your inner wish. Step your game up, singles. <laughs> <laughs> now call in and hey, tell where, us. Where do the Indian is this- women go? Because Asian women go to coffee and bagels. I think they're going to yeah. radio shows now. There's so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's all Triple J is, right? Uh, like yeah. just a really niche government-funded dating app. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you mean where they're going? You're right, increasingly. Well, where are they going? Because, okay, like uh, Tinder, that's where just uh, like all the horny deplorables go. Uh, uh, bu- uh, Bumble, Buzz, I think. Bumble, or Bumble I think, is the brown Bumble. person. Okay, so Bumble ones. is just for the browns. And what's the other one? Hinge. Uh, Hinge has become what Bumble was. Hinge is now becoming what uh, all these dating apps used to be, which is white people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think Hinge so that's is the divide now. Hinge is white. Yeah. If you're in the North Shore, you don't you don't want Hinge. Yeah, you're right. Tinder is just like deplorable. Cock, pussy, yeah. match. Let's do it. Yeah, and, and no brown women on Grinder. No <laughs> White boy looking for brown women to make Ali feel better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're great. They're great. They're 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 fun. I grew up around them. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's like the trading post, but you don't actually have any wares to sell. Yeah, in You're fact, just saying like you should buy a cabinet, but you don't. Just I don't have one, but they're good. This is this is what I'm I'm gonna put it out there. In fact, I want this to happen so much that if you're a white man that has a crush on a brown woman and you wanna woo her, come to me. I'll tell you how to do it. How do you do it? Give them the lowdown. Well, first of all, what you need to do is make them feel that you're very respectful towards their parents and their families. Brown women still a lot about their families. Yeah, well, that's Asians as well. That's Asians as well. The other thing is, do you know what would really give you an edge? Rudimentary knowledge of Bollywood. It would oh. really get you there. Particularly this one man. If you quote this one man in front of a brown woman, she will cream her pants. Yeah. He's known as SRK. True story. Sounds like a real knockoff of BTS, but is he? Yeah, no, well, no. He's like, uh, he's, he's, he's a... He's a very He's old man who is still romancing very young women. Super inappropriate. But he used to be the romance heartthrob of the 90s. And brown women, including millennials and aunties, love him. Still. Still. Man, what a dream run. The Ryan still. Seacrest of India. Shah Rukh Khan, yeah, that's right. Harp Seal knows what it's about. Yeah. Well, oh, he's, uh, he... and for all the Indian women listening, this is how you woo the type of white man that is going to... Yeah, you give, us, give, give them guidance. Although I'm sure they don't need it, but do it. Because if they wanted a white man, it would be very easy, easy for them. But if you need to get... If you need to seal the deal, the, the, the type of white guy that you are going to attract, 
your version of that Bollywood heartthrob, Tame Impala. <laughs> it's like a brown woman has to be like, oh, I'm really into Kevin Parker. Yeah, but I'd specifically say this. Slow Rush was a letdown from Currents. And you, my friend, are in Marriage Town. That, that's, that, that's the, I swear, hipster men, hipster men are into this idea. They like it. But you know, like, you know what I was noticing? Australian cricket team, so many of them have married uh, brown girls. It is definitely a growing trend. Maybe I don't need to propagate this. I think it's already happening. Well, are they hot? Yes. Well, what a white person thinks is brown hot, which is different to what a brown person thinks is brown hot. What's the difference? It's hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> and what, so I can't. The chicks in Bollywood aren't hot. No, they're hot. They're they're universally hot, but most white men aren't getting those chicks. <laughs> Cricketers are surely. Yeah, but they're getting like. Dude, I don't feel like I can say this without getting cancelled in any which way. Fair enough. Let's move on. What else are we talking about today? Liz Truss, the new UK Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that one. Uh, can I go to the toilet? Can you just yeah. give it a run down? Yep. Wait, okay, so solo. Welcome to Monday Morning Podcast with Bill Burr. Uh, how much do women suck? No, okay. Well, look, I, well, I had to give Jordan the update, but Liz Truss, if you haven't... If you don't know, has just won the prime ministership of UK, and she is a very interesting character. She used to be Lizzie McGuire, not Lizzie McGuire. She used to be a social democrat, which I suppose is Britain's version of the Greens. And she was, uh, when she was a young young, her parents were professors and were part of the. Uh, I suppose the hippie movement, so they were against nuclear arms. They hated Margaret Thatcher. And Liz Truss grew up to be the biggest fan of Margaret Thatcher. She really changed her personality. In college, she switched at some point from being a liberal Democrat to being a Tory. And now she is a, <laughs> a right-wing Tory. And she is, uh, she's campaigned for tax... Uh, tax cuts, and uh, heavy Brexit negotiations. She went from being a Remainer to a staunch Brexiteer pretty much overnight. And she beat uh, Rishi Sunak, who was a moderate. <clears throat> and spicy goss about her. When she was, she had first come into office for like local councillor or something. Her political career almost ended because she was exposed as having an affair with one of the opposition leaders at the time. Ooh. But who... Crossing enemy lines. But her husband stuck by her. The the opposition guy, uh, they got divorced and his, his career was <laughs> But uh, Who was that? The Ed of, Miliband or something? No, no, this, like ages ago. This was like back in early 2000s or something. Uh, well, there's some, uh, some law for you. And uh, why, what, what happened to Boris Johnson? Well, this is the other thing. So Boris Johnson was basically, there was a rebellion within the party. Yes. Liz Truss was a Boris Johnson loyalist. Yeah. And she stuck by him. Rishi Sunak, the other guy who was the, I think they call him the exchequer, but they're like the treasurer or whatever. And um, he switched sides completely and went to being 
started competing for the top role. Liz Truss stuck by Boris Johnson and eventually found support within the Liberal Party to the point where now she's the leader. Mm. The Liberal, and she also happens to be, you know, uh, Brexit means Brexit, yeah. Uh, so Tories love her. How many of them have been Brexit means Brexit at this point? All of them. If you're if you're the wets, then you're still you're like Brexit means Brexit, but like we can do some things to like you know make it better, and then the other group is Brexit means Brexit, fuck you. Mm. And if your Brexit means Brexit, fuck you, then um, yeah, the base loves you. The Tory base is is your thing. But dude, what do you? I think whoever like yeah, sure she's the prime minister, but once she uh, she goes for the general elections. I think the the winds have changed. Like, you know, Labour won over here, Biden won in the US. It's usually a domino effect. So yeah. whoever it is, I think the Labour Party might come into power. Feels like it. Yeah. Really does. I uh, can only say that it feels like it because I know nothing about Britain. Am I right? Mm. What do the polls show for Labour? Let's look it yeah, up. Let's look that up. But and what's who's the opposition leader there? Mr. Handsome. Oh, I've forgotten his name, but he is, he's, he's an ex, um, he's a very Chris Minns-like character. He's basically Chris Minns. Except that, uh, what was Chris Minns' background? Wasn't he always in the bureaucracy? I think he was always in the party. Mm, This guy, the, the British opposition leader is, uh, he used to be like, um. Lawyer. Uh, not a lawyer. I think he used to be like some kind of a banker or hedge fund guy for a bit. But then he moved away from that, got into politics, and has a very, yeah, Chris Mintz type of persona, which is like, I'm just here for the people, and I'm uh, an old school social, uh, uh, an old school social democratic type uh, labor candidate. Sounds However, like I am not Jeremy Corbyn, and I'm not gonna social uh, like pri- uh, nationalize all the institutions, but I will still, you know spend more money for higher education, spend more money for NHS, spend more money for all the other public institutions. Uh, not very happy with the Labour Party winning in the UK. Why? He's basically Joe Biden. He can't. Can you work in banks? Well, I, maybe and maybe he didn't work in banks. I'm going to quickly Google it, but I do remember. It, sh- it should be illegal for you to even join the Labor Party if that's the maybe, case. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, okay, so Labor is at 42% and the Conservatives are at 32%. Whoa. Crazy. Oh, my God. And when's the next election? 2040. Uh, when was the last one? Uh, yeah, we Margaret Thatcher Jr. Yeah, it was... Uh, not that long ago. Not that long ago. I think and it'll be around 2024. Like seven years? Huh? Five years. Five years. I think it'll be 2024, long. maybe. I'm. You know who got it right? The Americans. Four years. Yeah, That's dude. enough time to do stuff, not enough time that you're leaving a bad smell. Yeah, and so at the after the Russian invasion, it seems that the gap between the conservative and labor... Increased further. Why? Why do they care? Don't know. What does that got to do with anything? Well, it used to be Labour 39%, Conservative 34% uh, just before the Russian invasion. And now it's at 42% and 32%. 
That's a clear bump. Somewhere around November 2021, the scales tipped. So conservatives were higher than labor up until November 2021. And then labor just sort of like... Yeah, so whoever it is is definitely losing the next elections. So it kind of doesn't matter. I think you're right. And now that I think about it, it probably is very smart that uh, the Labor Party elected someone with a background of finance. I mean, Jesus... How much more could you spit in Jeremy Corbyn's face? Uh, but yeah, he is. He's he's definitely yeah, Sir. Uh, fuck, how do you pronounce his name? Rod. Keir Rodney Stammer. Jesus, he is. He's just a Sir a distant relative of Chris Minns, isn't he? Um, he's just got a little more of that. Like, hello, Gaffney. Oh, sorry, you're right. He was a lawyer. He was a barrister. He was yeah, not a right. banker. That's fine. Look, you, you, Pretty hard to escape. Being. He was the director of public prosecutions, and then eventually became a member of parliament. Well, good on him. He's Welcome a very non. He was a very non-offensive character. So, like, it's it's going to be hard to hate him. Yeah, and also on top of that, I do. I, I always had a problem with how many lawyers there his are. Do- his wife is Jewish, which means you know that was one of the problems that Jeremy Corbyn had. The the Jewish people didn't like him because they thought he was he stood near a red bicycle. It, no, because he stood near a Palestinian bicycle. <laughs> when I say Palestinian bicycle, I mean just Palestine. <laughs> no, but like they were, dude, they were constantly saying how he was, um, uh, what, like uh, anti-Semitic or if he's not, then he didn't care about anti-Semitism in the party, which is, look, man, I don't know, you can cancel me for it or whatever, but this kind of anti-Semitism isn't shitting on Jewish people. This kind of anti-Semitism for them is like, if you say anything pro-Palestine, you're an anti-Semite. And it was a really successful smear campaign. I remember doing one video on it, and the uh, blowback that you got of that stock standard response of somebody just being like, he hates Jewish people. You, you knew that that cut through to the general public, which I'm wondering, why? Why did that work so well out of all the attack angles? Dude, I feel like we can't talk about this without getting ourselves into the anti-Semitic category too, but <laughs> let's just say that uh, oh, the, this perception was created by the media. Yeah, I know that. Well, I also know this, that the, the Guardian's coverage of Jeremy Corbyn, especially in the second election, was atrocious. Indistinguishable from the sun. Yeah, they really screwed him over. Because if you remember the first election that Jeremy Corbyn, he was very close. He almost won. Yeah. And the election after that, the the entire media landscape just flipped on him. I think that's what happened. You know what it was. Here's what the world wants right now. They want. Uh, the backup party, which is just the one, like the equivalent of the workers' party in every country on earth in power, because they realize that we're in one of those like transitory phases, so they actually need a government in power. Uh, and they don't want the soul of that party in power. Mm. They really want Malcolm Turnbull in the Labour Party. Yeah. And th- I think that's what that, this guy is. Which is exactly. When you're a sir. You're a Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> Malcolm Turnbull is so upset Malcolm that he's Turnbull not a sir. Even a sir you know? Yeah, like, but he's upset by that. He's like, ah, yeah. oh, 
How? Or is he? Or is he just like, well, this he. is why I wanted a republic. <laughs> He'd say that. <laughs> but, uh, dude, you know what? how Liz Truss started? You know what was her first political platform? So completely opposite to her personality now. Republic for UK. Yes. <laughs> no. Abolish the monarchy. No. Yes, that's how she started. God, what an awkward interaction when she was signed in as prime minister, right? Yeah, dude, she was. She's one of those like characters that were really to the left, and then at some point in their final year of uni, decided, "Fuck this, I'm switching sides." Yeah. She went on from hating Margaret Thatcher to now dressing exactly like Margaret Thatcher and saying that how she's the best woman that ever lived. Isn't that a weird transition? Dude, it it's definitely like got her. Common. It made her the prime minister. I tell you, if she hadn't made that switch, she would not have been the prime minister. I just don't, because it's so foreign to me. I really feel like I've never really changed stripes at all. I don't understand how anyone could. Yeah, come on. Have We've you all changed stripes. Yeah, okay. Look, yes, I have. Stripes Massive. is a bit. Uh, yeah, look, I'll pay Obama a bit. No, mine was like. I remember, like, up until maybe 2016, 2017, I used to be, I used to be, like, a full-on cancel culture person. I was like, <laughs> cancel him. Churchill killed so many Indians. Cancel him. I was, I was part of the problem. And at some <laughs> point, honest, I realized I fucked up. Before it was up. cool, a.k.a. before it was effective. Yes, yes, for sure. Before you actually saw your ideology in, in action, action. Which really doesn't help your case for uh, global Marxism, does yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know when I was like, I was actually thinking about this today. When I was younger, we used to, like I used to think our generation is going to change the world. And I was thinking today, I was like, yeah, our generation did fuck all. But then I realized, no, our generation did change the world. It just made it worse. That's what, for sure, don't you think? Like, we did change the world a little bit. Like, some of our ideas of, like, uh, uh, this uh, white hegemony is pretty fucked. And then, oh, and so we, I used to think, like, yeah, we need more different, we need diversity in different professions. And then I was like, yeah, but that made those professions worse. Like, because that's not the right approach. Like, we forgot about merit. That should have been the primary concern. And I, and I saw that in action. I was like, yeah, I think I was on the wrong side of history there. Maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, I really having feel like, like this, that was a Gen X initiative, but yes. Yeah. Well, it was, but like we were the ones that were like convincing Gen X, like do it. And Gen X was in that position where like, you are right. Boomers just used to think we were wrong, right? Yeah. Like you're wrong. Gen X was like somewhere in the middle. It was like, you're right, but should we change this? And then we forced them, the Gen Y's like, yes, do it, do it now, do it now. And uh, it we fucked shit up. Some of the stuff is good. I'm not saying that like that white hegemony over everything was good, but we should have replaced that with meritocratic diversity as opposed to you know rich private school uh, ethnic kids being in those professions and calling shots for other rich white ethnic kids to be in more positions. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That ideology is very, but I don't look. Don't feel like that. That's a very uh, widely held Gen Y belief. I think that that is just the corporate world. I don't. I honestly think Gen Y 
sort of pushed the Bidens and Anthony Albanese's into power of the world. So I think, you know what we did? We By their did conduct? The hippies, we, we kind of we, we, we we're kind of like a mix between Gen X and, and boomers, I think, because those are our parents, where we mm-hmm. kind of thought like, all right, the, the, the hippies took it way too far and Gen X took it way too far. Let's meet somewhere in the middle of that. I think that that's the world that we're shaping now, which obviously is part of Gen Y. I think bang up job. Well done, our generation. I actually don't think that we made the world worse. I think that we're bad people, but I think on a societal level, I think we've got it pretty on point. I think the one thing that I like about our generation is that we're all uh, pro-climate, I think, generally speaking. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. But when it comes to all the other shit, we're kind of fucking up, bro. What? Um, we're, we're st- like, when I was younger, I wanted the world to be more economically left and socially left. We picked the socially left, but we did not pick the economically left. I just don't think that we had the option. Well, we and could've. in the options that we had, we've chosen them. Yeah, but they didn't fix anything. How is the world any different? It's gotten worse, dude. You think? The world is a shitter place now than it was 10 years ago. Yeah, that's a good question. Is it? Part of is, it, it, is it worse? I don't know if it is. I think it is. Why? You've got definitely more conflicts. You've got geopolitical instability. You're going back to like the times where of Cold War, whether it be with Russia or China. It is too soon to tell though, because we're not in power yet. Gen X is in power now. I think Gen X is the worst. I think boomers are actually still in power technically. They're old, but they're holding on to power. Yeah, but Scott Morrison was Gen X, so you're seeing that changing of the guard now. Even it's reflective in the ABC. When you see boomers from the ABC, they still offend me, but nothing like your Annabelle Crabs and Charlie Pickerings. Yeah, you know. Okay, so like, (laughs) all right, uh, Sean McAuliffe. Yeah, he took a swipe at me and stuff like that. But like, his views are much closer to mine than the next generation. Lee Sales and all that kind of stuff. They were the worst. See. I actually read this book recently under Tony Robbins' recommendations. And you know what it was? They didn't want to say this because it's too much of a 4chan meme. But you know the old uh, tough times create good men, good men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create bad times? Yeah. That's pretty much all it's saying. It's saying that there is a four-generation cycle that is very, very predictable all throughout history, and it is that. That is actually a true thing about how society works. So it was kind of that. It was like the golden generation were good men that created good times. The boomers were the ones living in good times. I mean, how obvious is that, right? Mm. And then they created Gen X, and Gen X are bad, weak men, Mm. and they created bad times. Come on, man. Like, we're the next one. We're, we're the next golden generation. Maybe, but I hope so. I think so. It's just golden generation, golden. but we do get very distracted by golden shimmered Charizard cards. Yeah. Do, do you know when we are in Melbourne, I, uh, I met that uh, boomer. We both met that boomer metalhead. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The guy, he was saying this, which was interesting. He was saying that back in the day, freedom of speech uh, like was cherished. And the only way you found out that you've crossed a line is when someone punched you in the face. Yeah. And it's like, and that was when you found out, oh shit, I've gone too far. There was no cancel culture of sort. So like if you went up to a guy who was with a girl 
and you were just hurling abuses at his girl in front of him, he will punch you in the face. And you go like, okay, that was this line. Do you think that methodology was better for social cohesion? When there was no cancellation, but it was just violence. Yeah. Yeah. Bring me back to those days. I've said this on record many times. I like the fact that in Jack Lang's time, there was a word for beating someone with a stick. <laughs> What's that, caning? Drubbing. Drubbing. Yeah, <laughs> drubbing someone. I, I really do think that it does keep people in check, doesn't it? Where you just think that where you walk down the street, you know, like a few generations ago, if those protesters did what they did to Malcolm Turbull, mm. uh, the footage would be very different. Yeah, they'd also be in they'd be jail. They'd, be, they'd get beaten and then and they'd then be they'd in go jail. To jail. Yeah. Where those hippies belong. <laughs> those hippies do belong. <laughs> All right, look, we're running over time. Let's do one last thing before we head off or sign off. Are you sad that Tracy Grimshaw has retired from the current affair? Oh, Tracy. Don't really give a shit, frankly, but go on. Really? Not, not even a little bit? Tracy Grimshaw. Uh, look, I mean, I know her face. You know her face. I am actually really curious as to who they're going to cheat. You know who I think it is. It's going to be the woman that they're going to put in that has an even lazier eye than mine. And she uh, is no Tracy Grimshaw. Wait, who is that? I don't know her name. Maybe they get Abby Chatfield. Wouldn't that be incredible? A current affair we spotted a misogynistic man. <laughs> it was just walking yeah. in daylight. Yeah. Dodgy plumber, but that's not the main point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, that uh, y- you know look look at his posing. Uh, he's behind a lot of Ferraris. That's pretty toxic, yes. don't you think? Can you hide your misogyny and ask crack, please, Mister Plumber? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, we don't give a fuck about Tracy. Thanks for joining <laughs> us tonight. We will see you next week uh, with Miss Love. And maybe two of us, if maybe. he's back from the snow hopefully who knows uh, and uh, sign up to Patreon if you like the pod or if you want to listen to an exclusive up late podcast that we do every week as well we'll see you guys next week bye sign up